I recently had the privilege of attending an amazing summit at Liberty Hawk Ranch. It was spearheaded by my colleague, Russell Lake. And there are some real insiders from Hollywood attending to discuss how do we best fix woke Hollywood? How do we restore American entertainment as an evolving storyteller rather than as a direct threat to our culture? Our friend Eric Metaxas showed up with some profound insights. Now, this is a guy who's written Veggie Tales. He's also written Bonhoeffer. He's also the subject of a great new documentary based on his book, Letter to the American Church. And also attending with Eric was half of a dynamic duo that produced, wrote, and directed the documentary, Simone Alex. And also with Simone Alex was her friend, uh, Rachel Tash, and they together have created this amazing documentary. I met Rachel at a dinner hosted by Turning Point USA at the America Fest. So I'm pleased to have them both in the economic war room to talk about entertainment, Hollywood, the deteriorating culture, and welcoming Simone and Alex. Good to Hello. have you. Hey, let's Hello, start. Kevin. Thanks for having us. So glad to have you here. Let's start with your backgrounds. Uh, tell us a, a little bit about, you know, together, how you came together, but both of you have amazing, impressive Hollywood backgrounds. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, yeah, so Simone and I uh, got connected through an organization out here in California and Hollywood, and we just so happened, after we got to meet each other, uh, went to the same exact church, Godspeak Calvary Chapel, out here as well with our pastor, Rob McCoy, and uh I saw Eric Metaxas speak on his book, Letter to the American Church, at our church, and I was sitting in the front row, and as he's speaking, I kept thinking, man, I really want to see some visuals. I want to see what he's talking about. I want to see 1930s Germany. I want to see all these different people that he's uh, mentioning, and by the end of the sermon and his speech, I said, this, this, uh, this book has to be made into a film. I've got to amplify this message and what he's talking about. So Simone and I were already talking about, uh, about other projects at the time, and this one sort of moved forward, and we approached Eric, and you know we approached Charlie Kirk and Turning Point, and the rest a year later is history. Most films normally take a few years, but this was on the fast track. We got it done in a year. Wow, that's amazing. And, and what's your yeah, background? Where, what brought you to the church in Hollywood? How, how did you get into the film industry? Uh, myself, I've, uh, I went to film school, and as soon as I graduated film school back east, I moved to L.A. and literally had a job and was hustling, started at the bottom as an assistant, production assistant, and worked my way up into a senior-level executive at a very large studio, Sony Pictures, and... Um, just been doing that for about 25 years and I felt a calling to move over to the conservative side and to literally build for the kingdom. Our time is limited here and God calls us to be working and to be diligent. And I was just tired of working on bad movies that people weren't going to see. The industry has completely changed in Hollywood. And I wanted to put out good content that would affect people's hearts and their minds and that would speak truth to the culture. So that's how we got connected. Yeah, well, Hollywood's put out a lot of bad content, but I, I, I'm a fan of the Spider-Man movies, and you worked on those, didn't you? Yes, absolutely. I worked on that along with hundreds, probably thousands of other movies. Yes, correct. And Simone, you've got yeah. a background in Hollywood as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, I started uh, my career in front of the camera when I was 19, and uh, so now it's been 30 years. I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, I 
have been uh, mostly in front of the camera all of my years. That put me on, you know, film and television sets for years. Um, ended up marrying my husband, who I met on a TV show uh, back in 2008 called Boston Legal. And so um, I really, I, I was, when I started, I was not a believer. I was not a follower of Jesus. When I started, I did not come to faith until about 10 years into my career. Um, and at that time, so I had experienced everything. I basically had drank the Kool-Aid of Hollywood and sort of even just the excitement of, of being an actress and a model. And when I came to the Lord, things really shifted for me. Uh, I stepped away from Hollywood. I went into ministry for a season. I shared my testimony across the country with thousands of young girls. And, um, you know, that really you know, I think the two, the sort of the Hollywood background and the ministry background really ended up merging well together because I always felt like, and I knew in my spirit that God was going to use my past and my experiences to further the kingdom through the arts and entertainment. And so I did go back to Hollywood for a season and uh, was there to be salt and light on the sets. I mean, God does place people there to uh, share the gospel, to be, uh, to bring joy, to pray for people and all of that. And, and I certainly did that, but I think it was during, it was during the pandemic about 2020, when I really felt God shifting me sort of like a sharp right hand turn. And, uh, Rachel and I were one of the ones who had, who had been in Hollywood and experienced Hollywood, um, in a way that we were just done with seeing how everything, you know, lined up with the pandemic and there were vaccine mandates and mask mandates. And I mean, it was almost like Hollywood was woke, but then they like went like a hundred times more woke during the pandemic. Well, I um, didn't feel like Hollywood was trying to destroy our values uh, directly. I thought it was an indirect, it was a softer approach and so forth. But you've seen a change, both of you, through the studio system over time, you've seen a dramatic change in what's taken place in what we call entertainment, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's a real shift towards the DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, but we're seeing that across all corporations and we're seeing what a horrible effect it's having. We're not hiring people um, based on their ability. We're hiring them based on their melanin content, as Pastor Rob would say, of our church. So uh, we really, as a culture, have shifted pretty far uh, in the opposite direction. The goal is for this film to wake people up, to awaken the church, to get them to engage. We've been asleep at the wheel for quite a long time, Kevin, and we need to get back in and engage and take back this country and uh, the liberties that we were founded on. Well, I got to see a screening of it. It's a powerful film. The book is amazing, too, and Eric's amazing. But what you've done, I think the term you used was visual, and it allowed me to visualize what was happening in 1930s Germany and then compare it to what's happening immediately in front of us today. Absolutely. The film uh, really lays out the parallel starting in 1930s Germany. And then we go into what Mao did in China, what Stalin did. And then we bring it into the modern culture and how cultural Marxism has completely taken over America and the church. So you will see the whole history of everything. Same tactics and same things that were used back then are being used today. Well, we're going to need to take a break. When we come back, I want to show a trailer for the film, and I want to encourage every one of our audience members to find it and watch it. 
We're talking with Simone Alex and Rachel Tash about a film that's based on this amazing book, Letter to the American Church. And they put it in visual form because a lot of people don't, don't visualize when they're reading as well as watching. And, and that's kind of a sad thing about our society, but it's true. And it helped me. I mean, I'm guilty too. When I read the book. We've had Eric on the program, but when I saw the movie, it really hit home. So tell us a little more about what drove you to make this film. Well, Rachel had heard a sermon or a teaching by Eric Metaxas about the book. And as she was sitting there, she was visualizing, she was visualizing everything Eric was saying. And uh, she had called me up after uh, seeing Eric um, and said, we need to make this into a film. And so I was like, okay, well, I, I'll get the book. And I read the book and I have to be honest that I didn't initially see it. I saw the Nazi Germany and I had seen amazing uh, films and, and docuseries about Nazi Germany and those inspired me. So I saw the Nazi bit and the, the early um, 1930s Germany uh, bit um, about um, the about the book. But then when I, we moved into the modern day, I was really wanting it to... I, I really like it was my hunger for it to come to life. And I think that it wasn't until I started... Uh, adapting the book into a screenplay that I really started to visualize it because I was, uh, we were like, well, who's going to write it? And I was like, you know, taking on Eric Metax's book and making it to a screenplay is a little daunting. Um, but as I was, I was doing that, it really started to come to life. And then, you know, everybody, uh, Kevin, everybody is on social media today. So everything moves really fast. And, you know, what we really wanted to do was bring this sort of like, as if you're almost scrolling on social media and seeing it, because that's where everybody like is getting their news right now. They're, they're either on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, and it's a fast pace. You might get one bit here and one bit there. And so we really wanted to bring that into, um, into life and with graphics and visuals and really the stories told where say the progressive left and, and the far right and everybody in between cannot deny what is coming out of people's mouths, whether it's Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or whoever. We we have clips of Dylan Mulvaney, who is the, the trans uh, person who was propped up for the Bud Light with the well, Bud Light. Let's, let's watch the trailer and get a sense of it, because when you get a little taste of it, let's say it is it moves very fast. But when you mm -hmm. get a tiny taste of it, then you end up wanting more. So let's watch the trailer. OK, I'm convinced that the American church has arrived at a significant moment of truth. We are only 75, 80 years removed from three separate regimes that killed 60 to 70 million people intentionally. The parallels with where the American church is now to where the German church stood in the face of the Nazi regime are unavoidable and grim. Churches need to understand really what Marxism is, which is to destroy the church, to destroy the word of God. So if you capture the seminaries, you capture the pastors, you capture the laity, you capture the soul of the world. The church is weakening, which is why Marxism is ascendant in America today. This is the hour of the American church.
That's amazing. And here's the, here's the hard part, though. How do you get Americans to watch it? I remember I watched Free to Choose by Milton Friedman in church. That was my Sunday night church for eight weeks. My parents drugged me to, and I loved it, and I'm thankful for it. How do we get this word out so people can see this film? Well, we're on social media. The film is streaming, is streaming right now on Epic TV on uh, part of the Epic Times news channel and part of their website. It is also free for churches to screen it or organizations. They can go to our website, lettertotheamericanchurch.com, same name as the book and the film, and they can sign up to have a free screening at their church or organization anywhere in the country. We're offering that to everybody all over so people can see it and engage. Um, it's a powerful stand against Marxism in this country, and it's a wake-up call to the church to engage and to be active. Now, did you have any challenges when you were uh, putting it together? Because I, there, pe- Marxism isn't a dirty word anymore. People think of it as a positive thing. Most young people are, have a favorable view about Marxism. What were your challenges to bring this to life? Yeah, you'll, you'll see that in the film. We do lay out what is happening, the indoctrination in the colleges and, you know, starting in the schools as young as kindergarten and elementary. We did uh, face a lot of obstacles, a lot of uh, battles, um, some people dropping out, scheduling conflicts, a lot of uh, a lot of physical things happened. But, you know, we gave this film to God a long time ago um, and he, you know, pushed it through and got us uh, to make it in a very fast time. I mean, like I said, we did this in under a year, which doesn't normally happen with the documentary, but uh, we had a great team behind us and uh, there's, there was a lot of challenges, too many to, to go over on this, uh, on this time, but that could be for a later date. But we prevailed and the film is out and we hope that it spreads far and wide. We encourage people to get activated, go online, spread it, talk about it, get the book, you know, read it. There's a study guide as well. So um, that's, you know, what we're doing on our end. We asked some crew members to work on the film and there were, there were people who said no to the content that they, they were Hollywood professionals and they didn't want to tarnish their reputation by working on the film. So, you know, that's how that, and they were Christians. So that's how deeply embedded this, this Marxism and they don't want to get canceled in Hollywood. They don't want to lose their jobs. So they wouldn't do it. Think how things have shifted. Remember, they were going to out the communists back in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s. Now the Christians have to go into hiding because you can't be a part of Hollywood and be Christian, can you? Yeah, let alone be a conservative. You know, it's um, a very liberal, left-leaning uh, place. Well, what was your biggest aha moment from the film? What, you know, what was when, when you saw somebody say something or you read something, what was this like, oh my gosh, we've got to get this on film? I was really impacted by the, com- the comparison to the Chinese Revolution and what, how, how Mao divided uh, his, the Chinese in identity politics. And Dr. James Lindsay lays that out very clearly. And when he laid it out and you see visually it laid out that with, and, and parallel that to BLM and LGBTQ, it's like, wow, when you see it, it's a whole different ballgame. It's to see the historical images and the current images, you literally can see them flashing side by side and they look exactly the same. Wow, James Lindsay, Eric Metaxas, and so many others. We're gonna need to take another break. When we come back, let's talk about some of the incredible people you've included in this amazing film. 
We're speaking with Simone and Rachel about an amazing new film. It's out on Epoch TV. You can watch it now. Uh, you can go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com, I think it is, and, and, and connect up, air it in your church and so forth. It's an amazing film. Everybody needs to see it. There were some people who were opposed to it being made, but there were some powerful people who were a part of it being made. Uh, you mentioned Dr. James Lindsay, who I know, and, and also Eric Metaxas. Who else is in the film? Yeah, Charlie Kirk got on board immediately. He was uh, one of the first people we went to, and uh, I pitched them the, the idea of making the film, and he said, absolutely, yes, I want to fund it, I want to get behind it, and I want millions of people to see this. So he, uh, he realized the importance of the message immediately. We also have Pastor Rob McCoy from Godspeak Calvary Church, Seth Gruber, uh, is involved. He speaks to the pro-life movement and what is happening there. We have Pastor David Englehart out of New York City, uh, who's an incredible voice. And of course, Victor and Eileen Marks and their ministry, All Things Possible. They're doing incredible work. And then we have the amazing Pastor John Amanchuku, who is speaking all around the country at school boards and literally reading the materials that the schools have approved uh, in the school board meetings and getting told to not read it and being uh, escorted out. So uh, there's definitely um, an awakening happening, and these people are on the front lines fighting, and we wanted them in our film. And then, of course, we have many clips with many other fighters and people that are doing what they can in their area. No, it is fantastic. It pulls together. It shows famous people, not so famous people, hardworking moms and dads that are stepping up and saying, hey, no more. I don't want this to be a communist nation. America, people didn't come here for communism. They came here for liberty. All the people that have left Venezuela and come here legally, they came here because they said, hey, this failed in my nation. I, the Chinese People who've come here and said, hey, look, I watched Marxism take over and ruin a beautiful country, China. And, you know, the Chinese people are wonderful. Marxism is terrible. That's just the bottom line. And yet Marxism has infiltrated Hollywood, particularly cultural Marxism, but across the board. So that was what we had the summit on at Liberty Hawk Ranch. And, and I'm, I'm glad, Simone, you were here and Eric was here and Rachel, you missed it, but we'll have another one. We want you to come back. We have a vision and that vision is to take back the culture. And to do that, we're gonna need entertainment. What role should Hollywood be playing and how do we get there? Yeah, I think Hollywood has to serve not just uh, the what they think this audience wants to see. And it's the same with media across the board. Uh, we need to go back to good stories, well-made films, comedies, all this stuff we saw uh, you know, in the 80s and 90s, all these great shows and things that made you feel good. And it was very much uh, Americana type movies, military things. We've moved away from all of that. Hollywood feels they need to include every single DEI point or transgender in their movies. People don't want that. They don't want politics coming in. We saw it with football and it took a massive turn. We're seeing it in Hollywood. There's a massive downturn for these films and these TV shows. We need to go back to good storytelling and just, you know, include everybody in the conversation, not just one group. There's a lot of people out there that want good content. They want to uh, laugh. They want to cry. They want to feel good. And they want content that um, is uh, age appropriate for their children, too. So that's another big area that needs to be served. Yeah. And well, the quality you mentioned there, storytelling is important. I, I watched an Eddie Murphy film. Uh, it, it was not my favorite, it called Candy Cane Lane. It was well acted, it was well written, actually. It was a terrible story. 
And it, you know, it was well produced and everything else had a big budget behind it, but the story just didn't, didn't settle. Compared to Elf, uh, which is a similar movie, and the story resonated. And, you know, Elf is a classic, and Candy Cane Lane, I'm sorry, Eddie, it just was not my cup of tea. I didn't like that, like that movie. But you have to have all the elements, and then you have to have uh, money, you have to have good acting, you have to have district. What are the elements necessary to produce really good content? All of what you're saying, and then the most important thing is distribution. You can't make a great film without having that last component of distribution. How are people going to see it? So, you know, a lot of these left studios and streaming sites aren't willing to push out that content, but so many people want it. And we're seeing that over the past year, all these huge films break through. Of course, we all saw Sound of Freedom. That's the biggest example right now. People are hungry for this content and uh, Hollywood needs to get on board uh, as well as this uh, conservative movement, too. So uh, I think that's what's super important. My problem with Netflix and others is I don't know if a movie's popular or not. If it's in the theater, I can tell. I see what the box office is. I can go show up. Are they selling lots of popcorn or is the theater full? With Netflix, we only know what they tell us. This is, yeah. well, this is what's hot today. We don't know right. if it's good or anything else. How do we yeah. fix that? We have to keep making amazing content and we have to we we have to have a, an amazing marketing plan. Rachel's Rachel's background is in global marketing of films and so you know we need to get the word out. We need to share it. We need to spread it. That I mean that's what we're hoping this audience does with this film. I mean it's like it's word of mouth. And um you know I wanted to unplug a couple nights ago so I started watching a so, something that was nominated for the Emmys on on Apple Plus and it wasn't 20 minutes in that I was that I was hit with just this woke storyline. And I thought, oh, I just wanted to unplug and relax and watch a good story. And you can't, once you see it, once you're aware of it, you can't not see it. And so I think we we start making good films, good television series. I mean, people are hungry for Yellowstone. It's about a man fighting for his man, uh, fighting for his land and his manhood and his family in America. Like Pete, that's why it's so successful. So start giving the majority of the country want that start giving them non woke content. That's just good heartfelt storytelling. Well, I love the Jesus film. I grew up on it. I know it's been around the world. I don't want a thousand versions of the Jesus film. I, I do, I, I want that, it should be there, but I also want some good content that's entertaining that, that is not just over, knock you over the head and get you baptized at the end uh, movie. And I think that's, that's being developed. There's so many talent, I met some talented writers and actors and, and producers and directors here that Russell brought in, but we're not pulling it all together and I'm hoping that you all will be part of helping us to pull this together. Let's end with Letter to the American Church. Where can people see it? Tell us again. So it's on Epic TV, which is part of Epic Times, and they can go and watch it there. You can also go to our website, lettertotheamericanchurch.com. Sign up for a free screening at either your church or if you have an organization. That's free. So you can go and do that. And then uh, we'll have DVDs and a digital download available very soon as well. Thank you so much, Simone and Rachel. Hey, look. This is a film, we've got an opportunity to make this known. We've got an opportunity to support really good content and it's powerful. And we're gonna put all of this in our free economic battle plan at economicwarroom.com. 
Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.